What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future opportunities. They partner with local industries and employers, ensuring their programs align to the needs of the community's workforce. Lake Michigan College can help you get to the future you want. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu. If you missed any part of the morning show with Johnny and Ken, well, this is where you can catch yourself up. Or if you just want to relive all of those award-winning moments, you can do that with this wonderful podcast. And it's made possible by our friends at Lake Michigan College. Connect to your future. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu. Lots to get to this morning as you're starting your day. Thanks, by the way, uh, for spending a little time with me. Uh, lots of go- lots going on as we head into the weekend. Uh, you need to remember daylight saving time is going to be happening. And you also need to remember there's no S on the end of daylight saving time. It's not daylight savings time. It's not Myers. It's Meyer. <laughs> And and all those things that, for some reason, a lot of us like to add S's on. Well, you need to add some S's to uh, batteries as well, because you need to uh, put the batteries in your smoke detectors. But like it or not, uh, here in the state of Michigan, we are going to be turning the clocks back on Sunday. Daylight saving time was initially implemented In the U.S. back in 1918, fun fact for you, the reason was to save fuel and energy during World War I. And after uh, years of controversy and confusion, the Uniform Time Act of 1966 permanently established daylight saving time and its implementation. Hawaii and Arizona, except uh, the Navajo Nation, are the only states to observe standard time time year-round according to the National Conference of State Legislatures. So there you go. You learned something new today. And there's always been debate. There's uh, been bills in in the House. One, actually, uh, the last time we did this, I think it was back in the spring, when we were springing forward, everybody thought, oh, this is the moment. This is the time where we are going to spring forward and we're never going back again. Well, it made it, I believe, past the House, but then it kind of sat in the Senate and never really uh, got there. Um, but Senate Bill 168 that was sponsored by um, Michelle Hotenga uh, would adopt daylight saving time year-round if authorized by Congress and surrounding states. The bill has gone nowhere. Uh, they're waiting for Congress. Uh, that's obviously going to be a long wait. They've got a lot of other stuff going on. U.S. Senate did pass something called the Sunshine Protection Act, but the vote, it died in the House. So, yeah, it was in the Senate that then it went to the House and didn't really go anywhere uh, because lawmakers really couldn't agree on whether to make daylight saving time or standard time permanent. That's what some news sources are saying. Honestly, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I know a lot of people say it causes health problems, uh, throws off your circadian rhythm and things like that. That's what some doctors say. Um, But they say the, the disruption of their circadian rhythm can cause sleep deprivation, mood swings, and even weight gain. Dr. Uh, Philip Chang Associate Professor professor of Medicine at Henry Ford Health told Bridge, Mich- Bridge Michigan this. They said all the uh, evidence shows getting light in the morning is so good for your health. And on the other end of things, getting a light in the evening 
oftentimes is associated with lots of health problems. So, so there you go. I mean, just something to think about. I mean, I don't think we're going anywhere anytime soon with this daylight saving time. It, it did seem to gain more traction than it usually does this past year. But I think we're going to be doing this for a little while. And this is a good reminder, though, for you to change your batteries in your smoke detectors. National Fire Protection Association says people need to change the batteries in their smoke alarms when the time changes this weekend. Three of every four home fire deaths resulted from fires in homes with no smoke alarms, 38% or uh, no or no working smoke alarms. In fires in which the smoke alarms were present but did not operate, almost half of the smoke alarms had missing or disconnected batteries. Dead batteries caused one quarter, that's 24, around 24% of the smoke alarm failures. So change your batteries. Let it be a reminder to you. Change the batteries. Don't be one of those people. Uh, and I'll call myself out. I've done it to one of my smoke detectors in my house when it was chirping. I pulled the battery out. I still had a couple other smoke alarms in the house, so I was fine. But I pulled the battery out, and that's a no-no. Don't do that. Don't be like me. Change your batteries. So good idea if you're out and about today, pick up some batteries for your um, for your smoke alarms. Other things to be thinking about with daylight saving time. Yeah, we're going to stay on this uh, topic for a little bit because there's a lot of things to think about. Another thing I didn't know and I wasn't thinking about was the fact that daylight saving time ending is actually bad for deer. A new study by the University of Washington reveals that drivers are 16% more likely to hit a deer in the week after daylight saving time ends. Some researchers said that uh, about 10% of those collisions occurred during the two-week period centered on the autumn time change, which is uh, about two and a half times greater than expected if collisions were universally distributed. Now, of course, the time change coincides with the deer or deers, another word you don't need to add an S to, uh, their rutting season when uh, the bucks tend to wander in search for mating opportunities. But the time change also does shift uh, more human commutes in the darker into the darker hours. Uh, the shift to standard time each autumn uh, also causes an abrupt increase in nighttime driving during the peak breeding season for deer, resulting in 16% increase in deer vehicle collisions. So be mindful uh, next week uh, of the deer. They may be, or the deers. <laughs> no, no, don't add an S to it. The deer, if they're uh, jumping around, going all over the place and moving around, uh, just be mindful of that as you're doing anything in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening, really any time, because deer are on the move all times of the day. It's not even, not just when it's dark outside, it's any time. So just be mindful of that. Plus, we have hunting season going on as well. Uh, I know bow season and then gun season starting up here uh, in just a couple of weeks. So just be mindful of that as well. We got a lot to keep on our minds. Uh, there's a new Beatles song. Uh, I'm going to have that for you a little bit later on. Uh, I want to I want to talk about a little bit of it because you're thinking, wait a minute, Beatles song. Uh, a lot of them are half half the band has passed away, but uh, through the miracle of technology, 
they were able to make one last song. So I uh, want to know your thoughts about that. We'll talk about it a little bit later on this morning as well. You want to be part of the show, you can always call 925-WSJM. You can email let's talk at WSJM.com. As you're getting your day started, maybe uh, you've got kids, you're getting them on the bus. This has been something that has been a problem for a number of years now where there's been a low amount of school bus drivers. I've talked with area transportation directors uh, on Got Something to Say, but also just having a chat and they've said it's just harder and harder to find school bus drivers. So how is how are we going to fix this? Well, uh, state of Michigan trying to attract a thousand or more new bus drivers with uh, Michigan school districts. They're getting creative with how to get those students to school, even when there aren't enough school bus drivers to drive those big yellow buses. So in Lansing, the district uh, is giving out gas cards and public transportation passes. Over in the Detroit area, some districts are contracting with a ride-sharing company to supplement traditional busing, which that's interesting. And then across the state, uh, school transportation supervisors are hopping into the driver's seat as well to fill in when needed. I remember talking with uh, the transportation director over at uh, Bridgman, and he had said that, yeah, uh, on a regular basis, if somebody's sick or going to be out on vacation or something like that, has to jump in in either a bus or van or whatever they have for transportation, for sports, for uh, just regular pickup and drop off. So it's a problem. There's not as many subs. I remember when I was growing up, we had, you know, I felt, I mean, I, I'm just a kid, so I didn't know. I was just a kid at the time, so I didn't know the, the inner workings of transportation directors and all that stuff and what's going on. But I never remember hearing about a shortage. We always had a sub, uh, and occasionally they would take certain bus routes and kind of merge them together, but never uh, anything as, as bad as this. They say uh, uh, Lansing School District Superintendent Ben Schuldener uh, says a kid in a classroom is probably going to learn a lot more than a kid on his couch uh, and trying to get how to get students to the school. School districts across the country have struggled with this as well and not having enough drivers for several years there. They say at least one instance in a major school bus driver shortage in every state this year according to a report by USA Today earlier this year. Now, a survey of 46 out of 56 intermediate school districts in Michigan, uh, more than half of the ISDs called the bus drivers, uh, a cr- this bus driver shortage a critical shortage area. Now, uh, over on the other side of the state, Wayne, their RESA, uh, the ISD in Wayne County, estimates there are between 13,000 and 15,000 school bus drivers in the state. How many bus drivers are needed in, is less, uh, less clear since districts and transportation companies have wide leeway in determining how many of their students are eligible for busing. Transportation experts are saying that a host of reasons for why 
there aren't enough drivers. That's always been a question. I mean, I know driving a big vehicle like that, there's certain, there's a lot of certifications required. Not as many as you'd think, though. Uh, there's, there's good training that they go through, uh, and it's not as much of a, not as many hoops to jump through than you think. And it offers flexibility for somebody as well. Now, the job requires some training. Of course, you have to be able to feel comfortable driving a big bus like that. But um, they have great people to train you. They say it could be challenging to pay roughly seventeen to twenty dollars an hour, not particularly high. Uh, some other superintendents said that bus driving uh, used to be seen as a relatively flexible job. Uh, drivers had time off in the middle of their day, and they got to work at their uh, local districts where their kids went. Uh, now there are a lot of jobs that offer more flexibility, including the ability to work remotely and set your own hours. There's just so many alternatives that offer great flexibility. That's what uh, Eric Edoff, the superintendent over in um, Macomb County, says. So just there's a problem. I mean, there's there's needs for bus drivers. Uh, And I know a lot of school bus drivers uh, and and transportation directors are getting creative with all the different ideas. But uh, they say in in some districts, it costs between $1,500 and $2,000 to train a new driver. Um, But rural districts pay an average of $200 or more per student for transportation, according to uh, Bridge, Michigan. So what do we do? High school students don't have the option to ride uh, a school bus in some areas. And uh, they're just trying to get creative with all this stuff. Almost 30% of Michigan school districts contract with private companies for transportation services. And um, now what do you do? I mean, you got to keep the kids safe. You got to keep the kids uh, getting to school. You got to get them to where they need to go. But more and more, I mean, I'm even sure... I haven't got uh, you know exact stats from some people, but I, I know some of these games and things that got canceled over the, the football season or basketball season, that could be because they didn't have somebody to take them on the bus and get them to where they go. So what, what do they do? How do they help this shortage and, and fix this problem? We'll just have to wait and see. I mean, I know many uh, individual districts are getting creative with all the different things that they're uh, trying to do, but they're trying to attract more and more bus drivers. So if you want to be a school bus driver, if you've always dreamed of being a school bus driver, this is your opportunity to do that. So just contact your local school district. I'm sure they would absolutely love to have you. We got a lot to get to here the next hour. We're going to talk about uh, never thought I'd say this in 2023. There is a new song from the Beatles. Tell you how that all got together and how that all happened. Flying solo this morning, Ken out, uh, out sick. So hopefully he feels better and he's back next week. Um, the The 2023 year has not, not wrapped up just yet, but the word of the year has already come out. Uh, some people over at Collins Dictionary, which I never heard of Collins Dictionary before. I know the popular one is the Webster's Dictionary, so Collins must be like either his roommate or best friend or something like that. But they've, they have come up with their 2023 
word of the year. And that is actually an acronym that dominated the English language this year. And we just heard it in our tech trends just a moment ago. And that's AI, or of course, artificial intelligence. Now, it's defined by the Collins Dictionary as the modeling of human mental functions by computer programs. Other words in the running uh, this year are uh, Nepo Baby and Ultra Processed. But speaking of AI, I thought this was a pretty interesting thing. You've probably been hearing about this bunch of news stories saying, hey, there's a new Beatles song. Now, of course, if you, anybody knows anything about the Beatles, we know that two out of the four are still alive. John Lennon dying way back uh, uh, in the late 70s or early 80s. And then George Harrison dying in the 90s. So the only ones left are Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr. But the Beatles released just yesterday what they're calling the last Beatles song. It's called Now and Then. And it's from a 1978 cassette tape demo that John Lennon made in his New York City apartment. Now, after he was killed, uh, Yoko Ono actually uh, gave the remaining tapes uh, to the remaining Beatles. You know, musicians do this all the time. They, they do demos on their, nowadays, they're just recording a lot of stuff on their iPhones, and sometimes those even are the recordings they end up using on the albums. But back in 1994... Uh, The remaining Beatles attempted to work on this, but the technology to separate John's voice from the piano just wasn't sufficient, so they shelved it. They couldn't separate those two two tracks, as they call them. So they they, they had a few other songs, I guess. I, I don't remember this, but I guess they had some other pieces and demos and parts from from all of them that they were able to kind of put together and do a few songs. But this one was the one that they couldn't, they couldn't clean up. They couldn't get it going, but they were able to do it actually because of Peter Jackson did that get back documentary, which if you haven't seen that yet, you need to watch it. It's pretty cool. But Paul and Ringo worked on, uh, worked on it not only back in the nineties, trying to put some pieces together. But then when they revived it and said, hey, we now have the technology to clean that up and to do that and to pull John Lennon's voice out of that recording and do all the other stuff that they need to do. So Paul and Ringo worked on it this year. And here's a, here's a little bit of it.
I'll make you uh, go and download and listen to the rest of that. But that is uh, a new, new song from the Beatles. I mean, it's 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 not AI. It's not AI. Well, I'm sure they probably use some AI to to help kind of pull some of that stuff out. But it is it is a real recording of John Lennon from 1978. So, how do you feel about this? How do you uh, do you think it uh, is cool that they did this, or are you like, wait a minute, technology? I don't know if I like it. Love to know your thoughts. You can call me 925-WSJM or email let's talk at WSJM.com. I think it's pretty cool. I think it's cool how technology has progressed and they're able to to do some of the things that they weren't able to do 10, 15, 20 years ago. And now they're able to revive this. They did the same sort of thing with, I think, Kurt Cobain. There was some recordings of demos. I think they're, they've done that with Michael Jackson, Prince, and some of the other uh, people, musicians that... Uh, have just a ton and ton of music and demos and things like that that they had been working on that this is never never released yet. So I, th- I think it's cool. Uh, and even Paul McCartney had said in a documentary uh, kind of leading up to this saying, I think John would have wanted this. And he knew John John Lennon since they were kids. So I think... I think he's a good person to go off of as to what what a decision would be. Um, But I think it's pretty cool. So, yeah, if you want to check it out, the last Beatles song, Now and Then.